Do you uh, ever do the two bowl thing? Two bowl? Get two bowls, put the garlic inside, and go like like that until all the garlic's peeled. Oh. Does, that, does that work? Yeah. Is that more grandma powers? <laughs> Welcome to Filmhouse, everybody. Uh, my name is Daniel. I've got my buds Lawrence and Omar with me this week. Kind of amped. Yes, <gasps> we are amped because we saw Hobbs and Shaw earlier this week. Still and feeling it. it. Yeah, it right is now. a thrill ride for sure. Also the drugs, but mostly Hobbs <laughs> and Shaw. So uh, Hobbs and Shaw is what summer blockbuster season is all about. It's nonstop, over-the-top, physics-defying, adrenaline-fueled action scenes. It is dumb and corny, but self-aware enough to be able to have fun and not drown in its own self-serious grittiness. It has the barest threads of a plot uh, that weave together these massive action set pieces into one slick thrill ride. It's kind of a throwback to the good time 90s action movies with plenty of comedy that don't take themselves seriously. I had a blast with the mindless, dumb, but extremely entertaining movie. Uh, I can't call it good, but it sure is a hell of a lot of fun. What did you guys think of Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I'm going to go. I mean, I think it's good. Yeah. It's not profound. It may not be art, but it's well made. I think uh, I think it, it states its intentions pretty early on. It says this is the kind of movie you're in for, and it delivers sure. on all of those uh, promises. A, li- a little over delivers, actually. So <laughs> Yeah, and I'd say so. It, it gets a little long. You think? Yeah. Uh, in its over delivery, you're shaking your head. You don't <laughs> Shake- think two two hours and twenty minutes is too long for an action movie, Omar? No, not the way that that movie played out. Yeah, going into it, maybe I would have thought that. I, I I'm going to upgrade Lawrence to from good to pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, like what is I, fucking awesome? It was it was but, rad, and everything. Every time that you thought like it was plateauing for the for the rest of the movie, it dialed it back up. That's true. It found the thing that was the dumbest about whatever situation the scene was about, and turned that <laughs> knob. All the way up. Turned the dumb knob all the way yeah, to the top. Yeah, just every time you were like, that, it can't get any more. It can't be any more than what it is right now. And then it was, nope. <laughs> it's way more than it is right now. It right was on. amazing. Well, I, I'm actually super happy that we enjoyed this movie. Um, just because Fast and Furious, it's a really strange franchise. Um, and it could have been awful. Yeah. But it was just, like I said, summer blockbuster fun. You kind of know what you're getting. Like, you're not going to get a super smart film, but you're going to get a a, a hell of a thrill ride. Um, Just in case you don't know uh, the plot at all, Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Stars are two of our baddest and baldest action stars. (laughs) The Rock is federal agent Luke Hobbs, and Jason Statham is reformed bad guy Deckard Shaw. Uh, They're up against a techno cult called Etion, I believe is what it is. Yeah, Etion. Uh, they want to kill the weakest of the human race with a programmable virus so that we can evolve and save the planet from overpopulation. A British agent steals the virus and is on the run from governments, the technocult, and our hairless heroes. Hobbs and Shaw are opposites, and they loathe each other, but can they put aside their differences and come together to stop the virus and <laughs> save the world? And the premise alone is like... <laughs> you, you've you've na- accurately nailed it, and I feel like at this point your reaction is going to dictate whether or not you're in. Uh, if if you have the capacity to listen to that and be like, awesome, then this is, movie is for you. If you listen to that and be like, dumb, like I'm not a teenager anymore, then that's fine. Not for you. But. Uh, maybe still for you. Maybe still. <laughs> maybe still. I mean, if you, if you like fun in, in your movies, I think this is for you, honestly. It has been a long – you mentioned it was like it's a kind of a 90s throwback in a way, and I think you're very much right. It's been a long time since I did feel that kind of summer dumb fun. Mm-hmm. And I think to, to put the most finest point on it, 
in the credits, there is a song with record scratching and <laughs> rock music and samples from the movie worked into the song. It, the, the music is atrocious in this film. Atrociously uh, amazing. Uh, yeah. Idris Elba made the music. All of it? <laughs> Not. I don't know about all of it, but he that one, the credits. song that Lawrence is referencing. Yeah, he dropped vocal he, samples. From yeah, the track. he was the guy. He was the DJ or whatever. Well, that put it there together. were like little bits about like being good to one another and stuff like that. Oh, that being, was the being like positive. That was the rock reggae song that preceded it. Which also, if you want to, if you want to be more late nineties, wrap around again. Here we are. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. So um, I, I, there was a, you know, it's an action movie, and I think there's enough vehicle action mm. to make this Fast and the Furious adjacent. Like, it makes sense. Um, They're broadening it out. There are no street races at all. It's uh, it's far from the street race. I mean, they they did world. the... Yeah, clunk, clunk, oh, yeah. clunk, clunk. They did that like a thousand times. Sure. So that all, that's that. all they need for a Fast and Furious movie. And there's and, so, there's some Nas at the end. Yes, there is even a, a like specifically there there are some cheeky uh, references. There is the CG flying into the engine, showing Nas firing through all the tubes <laughs> and out the exhaust. Like it does dip back to that that some little like classic Fast and Furious nods. But I think in terms of the scope of what you you could would expect from these movies, this is intentionally broadening it quite a bit. Sure. And I th- so um, we are going to stay a little spoiler-free maybe mm-hmm. for the first few minutes here. Um, like usual, it's more exciting when you can talk about the movie freely without worrying about spoiling it. Um, but we can do a few more minutes maybe without ruining anything from the movie. Um, and talking about it a little more broadly. Um, and I would say this, <laughs> this movie has the series. This is the ninth Fast and the Furious movie, I think. Uh, yeah. It's they, can- they've all been in canon so far. Uh, and, and in canon? So. Yeah, well, well, yeah, with the canon that they eventually retconned and stuff, but yeah, this is this is the ninth, but not Fast and Furious Nine. I'd say it's come quite a long way from the Point Break ripoff that was Fast and the Furious originally. Yeah, the Fast and the Furious, um, which is important. good. It's like you know, that was twenty years ago. Shut about, up! No I way. I think it was one I think is when was it came it? out. We're, uh, we're getting there. I think eighteen years, but yeah. But I, it's good that a, a series can evolve. It probably has <laughs> right. to to who have done this. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> well, so yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because and Omar mentioned escalation. To me, Fast and the Furious series over the course of the eighteen years has been a fascinating case study in escalation, yeah. both in like stakes and action and set pieces and in basically every way, uh, the breadth of the cast, uh, everything. So this movie in a microcosm is a, a wonderful case study of escalation over the course of the movie. But also, like you said, there were even there were even uh, self aware callouts. I think it was in seven. Where they were like, you started stealing DVD players, and now here you are trying to take down an international <laughs> terrorist cabal, yeah, saving the world multiple times. Yeah, and that's very literally true. The like the in a lot of ways, the Fast and the Furious. It was just about like some some street racing shitheads in L.A. that were stealing DVD players, <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, in that first movie, were they ever the good guy? No, it it was more like I mean they had like a code of honor, or right? Right, whatever. but they were never like they this the shift didn't happen until it was more that they had a code of honor and there was a bad guy that didn't have the code of honor. So Paul Walker infiltrated to like take down the whole gang, and then he learned that there were noble gang members and bad gang members, and then he kind of like in a very point break kind of way caught onto the lifestyle, got into the culture, found out there there was nobility in these street thugs, but there was an even badder bad guy that had to get taken down. So yeah, that's that's kind of the trappings of it, and still a lot of those beats are withheld in this in the way that they'll convert bad guys into good guys, yeah. and in a very wrestling sort of way, they'll do a ton of heel turns and face turns and things like that. Um, 
This one introduces a little bit of, uh, I keep giggling, like looking at no, it. No, it's great. It, so the much trailer... the, I, I was kind of giggling to myself all night long while trying to fall asleep after watching. There's just so much <laughs> wonderful silliness in this movie. But this one starts to get a little sci-fi-y. I don't remember that being much I, I mean, in any of the Fast and the Furious movies I've seen. I haven't seen them all. But, uh, they, you know, they get we get some super soldiers, uh, you know, the techno cult or whatever, programmable uh, super viruses. Yep. It's, it's getting a little out there, but and it's still grounded in some way, I guess. I mean, the, the last one's had, like, the the kind of over-the-top techno stuff in it. Yeah. There was you know? Cypher. Oh, yeah. The, the shadowy Charlie's, uh-huh, Theron. Charlie's Theron's character. And they had, like, you know, a USB stick that could hack all satellites and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I would say until now it's been, like, Bond-level ridiculous. This is getting into superhero ridiculous territory. It, it, it does seem superhero-y, especially with Idris Elba, who I think is excellent in the movie. Absolutely. Um, he's been in some trash. <laughs> he's been in some good movies. But he he's menacing, um, threatening, and uh, all-around great, I think. He's a good bad guy for anyone that needs a, a big heavy. 100%. He's I mean, a he's, great he, taciturn dad character. Yeah, he's got the, like, doesn't-give-a-shit kind of, yeah. like, f- facial stuff down. Yeah. Like Terminator vibes. Yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. yeah just... Whatever, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the menacing man. <laughs> and, he, and cool. Yeah. Know, he's kind of always like oozing this this cool. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a. Oh my god, there's so much of the movie book. in this trailer. I just I, I remember watching the trailer and just feeling exhausted watching a three minute trailer. Yeah, and and the good thing is is like there's still surprises that the trailer doesn't expose. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the trailer certainly hints at a lot of those sequences, but there there are there are dashes of flavor that you will get by watching the film that aren't just completely spelled out in the trailer, which is appreciated. Um, I kind of I, I see it almost cartoon like mm. this movie because like physics don't matter. You know, you can get the rock will get a bottle shattered on his head, and there's no glass or, or even blood. Um, which I I, the, I don't know the the over the topness is something that I I love. I wouldn't about, say it's like flick. yeah, it's it's not like quite kung fu hustle territory, which is almost literally Looney Tunes sometimes. But it is certainly that sort of childhood gleeful play with destruction and yeah it, it is very much straight out of the mind of a 13 year old boy of like what what strong big big men can do when they fight each other and stuff like that so yeah this is this is not trying to be like maybe like uh, uh, Winter Soldier which is like it's super heroism and super strong people but with a dash of realism about the physics no this is full on <laughs> this is full on <laughs> so ridiculous the, the rock just jumps out of a window yeah there was instead like, of taking the conveniently placed elevator yeah they're, I mean, and, and yeah, they're they're hard and loose with the rules. There are, there are times where people like, you know, fall forty feet, land on their land on their feet, fine. Yeah. Uh, there are tossing around two hundred fifty pound people like they're just like sacks of flour. It it happens, but I think I think it all lands pretty well uh, in terms of it. It obeys its own rules, even if it establishes those rules as separate from our reality, which is I think the big thing. So I, I thought the the villainous plot, where they're trying to use this programmable virus to take out the weakest of the humans to yeah. evolve the, humanity. The eugenics angle, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because it, it's one of those, you know, bad guy has a motivation that's not 100% evil. Like, there's a little bit of good in it that he can, you know, you feel like he believes he's justified in doing what he's doing. I don't know. I, th- I thought that was a, a I mean, that's that's a angle. weird line to walk. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. that's the Hitler angle. That's yeah. the whole thing. Like, the ultimate evils of the world that we've, we've had so far. <laughs> But uh, in his mind, he is trying to save us from our own doom. Yeah. That reminds me, there's been a few recent takes that uh, kind of in that flavor that, that really appealed to me, like Kingsman. It's like uh, 
you're you're doing it for the good of the human race, but it's kind of a uh, you have to be separated from humanity to to appreciate a culling. And also, I'm I get reminded of the world's end a lot of hmm. how like uh, it is sort of a uh, sort of like we don't care <laughs> if if global warming is happening and we're going to eat ourselves out of a planet. Uh, that's just humanity, and humanity is what's important. So there is there is something a little interesting about kind of dissecting villain motivations there, uh, but. They also go above and beyond to be like, no, he is robotic. He has no soul. And they, they state that in a million different ways. So there's no way that the audience is expected to empathize with this villain at all, I don't no, think. not at all. Certainly not by the end of the film. Um, Which is ironic considering one of the lead characters is a villain in the franchise proper. Sure. They, so. they did a little bit of retconning. Yeah. Uh, maybe spoiler light. They did a little bit of retconning to make you not hate Dexter Shaw for... What was Deckard the name? Shaw. Deckard, excuse me. The coolest name. <laughs> he, yeah. He killed Han in one of the other Fast and the Furious well, movies. Well, technically Tokyo Drift, but then it was it was retconned to be him in seven, I believe, maybe six. Yeah, because wasn't he? He was on their team the last movie too, right? Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was compelled to work with them by uh, Mister Nobody. Uh, because <laughs> the yeah, names are so. It's stupid. only getting better because uh, they were in prison, uh, and it was basically like we'll commute your sentence if you do this if you do this one job for us. I think so. That must be where people got the idea for the spinoff, looking at their chemistry in that film. Yeah, um, and and kind of, I think, I think Dan, you had mentioned that there, there were some tensions on set in the last film. Yeah, so. I think there there's a beef between The Rock and Vin Diesel, you know. And certainly, I think, contest, I'm sure. Paying that, 20 different paychecks per movie is getting a little rough, so I think they're trying to trim down the cast a little bit and see what's viable. Uh, so I, I wasn't sure if the fact that this movie was going to exist was the cause of one of their disagreements that's, or the other way around. That's what I had around. read a long time ago. Was like the, the fact that this that, spinoff existed. Yeah, because The Rock came in late into the game and then was able, was like convinced them to, like because it's his production company and everything too, mm-hmm. like made the spinoff movie, stole the franchise from Vin Diesel. That's why they hate each other. What mm. a move. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, real quick, back to, back to the virus. Um, it's called <laughs> Snowflake? And it's going to eliminate specific parts of the human race deemed inferior. Well, it could do is whatever that, they wanted. Is that being political? I wondered about that. Like they didn't choose that name by accident. No, there's no way. But there's uh. really, there's really no other. Uh, there's really nothing else to the film that would reinforce that it's connected to online discourse or the polarizing state of politics. Really, aside from aside from if you re- man, if you really wanted to read into it, that yeah, some some shitty internet dudes are basically arguing for eugenics in some ways. Uh, yeah, like the Hitler did nothing wrong thing. Yeah. But that there's not really that much gas to, to light up light up in this movie. It, it's definitely not that deep. Um, and Unless there's just... Somebody felt like being really... Like jamming that stuff in there, but I can't see why. <laughs> um, I just brought that up because I was curious. I was it, it Naming it Snowflake seemed to, like it had to have been on purpose, but then it went nowhere, mm-hmm. I guess, unless you're stretching... Honestly, didn't bit. even think about it until you just said that. Okay. <laughs> like, it was called Snowflake. Oh, because each one's unique or something. Like, I honestly, uh-huh. like... And Snowflakes melt? So, like... Oh, yeah, like, sure. melt you Oh, yeah, melt you from the insides. God, yeah, I guess I didn't... Yeah, I didn't put together the, like, internet snowflake thing at all. Oh, well. Just curious. One thing I've been thinking about a lot, and we, we actually just saw it in, in our, our reels here, but... Um, Should I go back? Oh, no, it's fine. Like, the so, the Fast and the Furious, the banner stunt in that movie was the barrel roll which was awesome and is still awesome. But there is there is something weird about the later Fast and Furious movies when they become so dense with ridiculous stunt work yeah. that even at 2 2 hour 20 for this film, I still wish they would have taken a little longer to savor some of the stunts that they had. 
And there's was, no time. They move on exactly. real quickly. Exactly. They move so fast. And that, that was my complaint about uh, Fate of the Furious as well. There's so much amazing stunt work going on, but they don't give the audience a great amount of time to savor most of it. It's, it's like, that exploded, we're done. This We knocked this building over, we're done. So I, in, a, in contrast to Fate, I think Hobbs and Shaw does spend the time to let you really savor their big set pieces a little more, but I'm still much more of a John Wick, like... Uh, like a uh, throne room fight kind of guy in, uh, in uh, Last Jedi. I want long, steady shots to because there's so much amazing stunt work in these films, and I do kind of feel like the packed runtime shortchanges it just yeah. a tad. You don't, you don't have really time to savor or enjoy any of those little bits. Even yeah. I think some of the action, they, they've got so much in it, it goes from doing something really interesting to just doing punch, reverse shot, punch, reverse shot punch <laughs> to fill the gaps to make sure that you can't savor it. I don't know. But I, I will say that on, on top of on top of some sequences where it is it is like big meaty mans punching each other real hard, which there is a fair amount of, um, they do also have uh, some amazingly memorable uh, stunt um, concepts. Sure. So it's like, yeah, you can punch each other and you can make that look cool with great choreography and good camera work. Or you can have dudes punching each other on like a moving truck uh, with like I don't want to spoil too much about it, but they definitely come up with some gimmicks, some visual gimmicks that that sell a lot of these stunt sequences more than just punch, punch, punch. Uh, and I appreciate that very much. So um, a lot's being made of the chemistry between The Rock and Jason Statham, and maybe that's why they made this movie in general. And it confuses me a little bit because there's, you know, constant insults and burning each other up. Through, like, that's just a constant throughout the movie a way to maybe force the chemistry. They're just constantly ripping on each other and uh, talking about how the other's dick is super small and my balls are huge and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and my question is, is that chemistry? Mm. I, I've been talking a lot. Why don't you take that I one? I mean, <laughs> I feel like, I've, well, I mean, it is, it's, you're, it's manufactured chemistry, like you're saying. Uh, I honestly, when I'm watching the movie, like the two of them together in the scenes and stuff, both of them are trying to be leading men. So there's not a ton of chemistry that I see organically growing. You know, yeah. they're both like, I am the star of this movie, even though it is there. I mean, they are both the stars, but like they want to be the singular star of the movie. And sure. it's probably hard, especially with the way The Rock is viewed right now. Like, you know, one of the highest paid actors in the world, like. Super Everything, bankable. yeah, it's super personable. Like everybody loves him. Like outside of outside of acting, inside acting, whatever, it's got to be like intimidating, right? To be in a movie that you're you're constantly trying to play against this giant man. Even when you're Jason Statham, yeah, who's, when who's you're a badass, yeah, Jason right? Statham is is awesome, and he does really well in all these. Like the Transporters were awesome. All those movies were awesome. You know, going way back to Snatch, mm. but like he's not the Rock. True. Now, you know? I, I think that might be one of my small beefs with the movie is that you've got this duo, you're selling the movie on this duo, but there's never really like a real moment between them beyond the the barbs and the takedowns and the the burns. They just they, they didn't have a moment where they actually connected. Maybe the very very end. Yeah, at the when end when they stated very directly. When, I, we'll yeah, get to that. It's I'm a sure. Stunt mechanic that they connect. Um, yeah, it, it's almost like Shades of Pacific Rim. It's like we have to sink our minds. I, that that's maybe overstating it a little bit, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I just at a certain point, I I found it slightly tiresome when they constantly had to rip each other 
and couldn't just stop being an asshole for a second and go save the world. And it, it took two hours and 20 minutes to get to that point. Yeah, I feel like the 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 movie was designed with that in mind. It right? was scripted. They like, called it out multiple times. I mean, like yeah. like like you said, with the the way the action stuff was piled on top of each other and way that they're constantly ribbing on each other, like it's basically the same thing over and over again a couple times because that's what they expect the audience's attention span is, yeah. Maybe I imagine. It's, it's like 15-minute action scene five to ten minutes of comedy yeah. to another action set piece. Also, like, I I loved this movie, but whoever wrote the script or whatever, they uh, like they they were probably bet- betting on, like, the lowest common denominator jokes sure. because that's all they could put together in, this, in this kind of thing, right? Like, they were not going to do some weird high-concept comedy because either, A, they don't expect people are going to understand it because of the, of the audience of this movie, or they just weren't talented enough to do that. Like, I don't know who the scriptwriter was. It's I loved the same guy movie. he's written a bunch of these movies. Yeah, I, I loved this movie, and I like <laughs> Fast and Furious, the franchise, because because how dumb it is. I love dumb things like this. <laughs> um, that's a good way to put it. But, uh, yeah, like, that's, it's, the, I think the best you're going to get is that kind of, we just have to cut each other a couple times, and then we're going to fight together, and then we're going to cut each other a couple times. Yeah. And, it was it was very much like thirteen year old grade schoolyard insults, which, with I mean, so The Rock is very used to uh, insulting people on mic, like, and I think True. that reads through very very well. A lot of things going up people's asses. There's a lot of that, yeah. <laughs> Sideways. Multiple references to shoving things through Jason Statham's ass, which <laughs> by the third time I was like, mm, okay. I mean, it starts off pretty. Uh, Creative, I guess, in terms of just trading childhood barbs, I would say. But yeah, it, by the end, it's like when they're just squaring off at each other and just spatting insults back and forth, it's like, okay, we're here again. <laughs> it never got super old for me, even if I do wish they could have found a couple of other ways through dialogue to reinforce that they're like, they're playfully hatred, playful hatred of each yeah. other. Well, and they got there maybe with the comedic action. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to spoil the scene, I guess we can talk about that later. Were there, so you guys liked this movie a lot. Um, I did too. I'm, I'm trying to rip on it very little because I had such a great time. But there I, were a few things I really did dislike. I thought the music was just atrocious. Oh, man, no. Um, man, I'm so <laughs> I did feel like it was a, a bit long. It almost seemed like it. there was this huge action scene in a plant, and it ended, and I felt like that was almost the end of the movie before they went to Samoa mm-hmm. uh, for another half an hour. By the runtime, that would have been in a normal yeah. film, yeah. yeah. Do you but, think uh, it was because they didn't, they they wanted to get it all done in the first one because who the hell knows if there's going to be another one of these movies? Like, maybe. I'm sure it's going to make a billion dollars. It'll make and, a lot. And, and like, you know, they have the talent behind it to make a, a side franchise out of this stuff. And it, we'll see if those guys end up back in the in the proper franchise too. But like, I don't know. It seemed like they were packing as much into this movie as possible because why would there be a Hosm Shaw 2? Well, correct me if I'm wrong too, but don't don't international markets prefer longer runtimes? That just seems to Do they? I my I thought everyone prefers shorter runtimes, but I mean, that could be uh, movie way wrong. theaters do, but uh this this may be anecdotal, but it feels to me like the the huge international hits are these two and a half hour spectaculars. Also, yeah. like movies in general right now are just long as yeah. hell. Too long. Right? Like just lots of long ass movies lately. I mean, God, even Midsummer was long. It was 240, like, right? Why? I mean, it, it did. It was a kind of a Kubrick pace. So once I was in it, I got it. And that's a total sidebar. But yeah, movies are creeping up in runtime, which uh, I, I assumed was just because of international markets and, and some data they got. Uh, but uh, that could just be a total assumption on my part. I don't know. You mentioned Midsummer. It's weird because I will say that is a better crafted film 
but I enjoyed this <laughs> stupid movie so much more than I enjoyed I, my time at Midsummer. It's impossible. I mean, they're both yeah. films. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're both a sequence of images that creates the illusion of motion. Yes, I 100% agree with Dan. <laughs> I, did, I, I enjoyed looking at Midsummer. I did not enjoy watching that movie. Yeah, I, I loved looking at this movie and watching this movie. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. It never stops to ask you to think about anything. And maybe that's one of my, my minor gripes is that like the plot is pointless. It really is just to string action set pieces together. Um, there's almost no character de- development or depth at all. They're kind of one note, start there and end there, which is fine for this kind of movie. There's but. a factor of like, you know, atoning for the sins of your past. I, I, I think on a very surface level, both Hobbes and Shaw go through that arc where they have to confront some like, it's largely like, I did this thing in the past that makes me seem like a bad guy to these people. And then through some information I gain or through reconnecting with those people, it turns out I'm actually a good guy. Is basically what happens to hmm. both of them. Yeah. Um, spoilers, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm minor, trying to be, I'm, I'm trying to be generic and also, like we like you said, the arc of these individual characters is is minor and cursory. Is that the is that the character arc of the Rock's character of of whatever Shaw? Or no, what's his name? He's Hobbs. Hobbs. Jake? Yeah. Luke, Luke Lucas, Hobbs. Luke. Like it doesn't matter what his name is. No, it doesn't. He's the but, Rock. Yeah, the, the what? Rock. Yeah, what? Big that man. Rock, because like he was a cop or he was a DSS marshal. agent. Yeah, marshal or something. Yeah. yeah, but he is ostracized from his family back on Samoa. Why? Yeah, the, the the family theme of the Fast and the Furious franchise definitely it worked hits, hits very hard at the, <laughs> at the end of this movie. Oh, and actually throughout it a few yeah. times. I mean, that's, um, that's what it's about. And I actually liked it a little bit more than you know Vin Diesel. Is he asleep? Is he awake? Yeah. Telling me about how important family Pounding is. Pounding a Corona with a smog-ridden <laughs> LA skyline in the background. Telling Praying about to the family. car gods, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that was an interesting thing that, you know, they try and present these guys as so different from one another, but they're very much the same person in slightly different trappings. I thought that was an intention of the film. Sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm being very generous using the word film, but I mean, <laughs> even- a movie. Even down to, and, and again, being very generic about it, but there are, like, this, the movie opens with uh, a mirrored shot of both of them and their morning routine. Yeah. Are we getting spoilery? Already? Yeah, well, let's Sorry. just do that. Is this, that a little too much? No, no, don't okay. worry about it. Um, I think we all like this movie and would say go see it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if you, you know what you're getting out of this movie, and you know if you're the kind of person that would hate it mm-hmm. or like it, and I think anyone should actually be able to sit down and enjoy this, even if you're a big, you know, film, you know, head or whatever and only like arty stuff there's so much to enjoy here but yeah i think it's time that we can just go free talk about spoilers talk about anything if you're afraid of spoilers there are a few things to ruin in this movie there's some really great cameos that we might spoil that's true um but go watch the movie come back and see what we have to say for the rest of it um but yeah we can let loose with spoilers i guess maybe starting with the the themes of family and how both of these guys, some of their, I guess, major crime or growth came from distancing themselves from their family and then actually accepting that they need them. Yeah, it was, right. it was largely both characters had, had distanced themselves to protect their family. Yeah. And then, and then that action was interpreted as hostility by their family. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's not the most complicated uh, human, human tapestry of emotion. Well, yeah. It's enough. I don't so, think you need that from this movie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, they really try though. Sometimes there's a couple times where, like, you know, that movie, this movie, stair steps in a, in a crazy way, right? Like, starts off at at one level, 
you start getting a little bit of crazy action and then they put it on pause for a second so the rock can turn <laughs> and that mellow that super melodramatic music can hit and they can talk about a little bit about family stuff hit you know hit it hit us they hit us with his daughter wanting her yeah. family tree Ugh. and all this stuff I actually just found that part a little obnoxious one leaf daughter. on it that yeah. was all that was on the tree uh, all kinds of stuff and then it like you know doubles it back up again and then puts a pause and like tries to get all serious it was uh, yeah it's the ridiculousness in that whole thing I uh, think at least I mean that was that was so I mean they they pull some easy strings there of having a really cute daughter like be adorable. Yeah. I, I need think, a mommy. Yeah, ex- exactly. I think that I think that selling the the Deckard Shaw side of it was a little tougher, especially yeah. since his backstory is convoluted based on his introduction to the Fast and Furious series and and the fact that he has been the outright villain for a couple of films and then a half villain for another one. So to to retcon him back into being a good guy all along was a particular not to untangle, and they did it to whatever degree of success you can with a film like this. Uh, I mean, they try. They never acknowledge the fact that he did straight up kill that dude. Th- there like, was one line he did towards it to the end his brother. where <laughs> where Statham mentions having to make up for things he'd done in the past. And they didn't mention the, like killing the guy or being a bad guy, but he did say, I've got things to make up for and the only and maybe way, that's why he's there the only way it works is that Hobbs never knew or cared about Han like that those yeah, those missed each other in the franchise so oh do they not do they not connect at all Hobbs was well Hobbs so, was there when when uh when it was Brazil that's fast five I, I think so when he they're was chasing the bad guy. Was, when they're chasing down that plane and that was and, seven six and, yeah because that's the last time you <laughs> see Han right because what's her name dies Giselle Boy, I can't keep it straight. Giselle, that, uh, Wonder Woman, right? I forget her real name. Yeah, um, Jesus Christ. Gail Godot? No, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, so she dies in that movie. Han, Han. That that's when seven. Han disappears. Pretty sure that was seven. Yeah, because he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do without her. I think I'm going to go to Japan. Yeah, and then, um, then you get gosh. the flashback to the end of Tokyo Drift. Six. And then seven had yeah had the weird one with like old Tokyo Drift man that oh, was like yeah. three minutes after the race at the end of Tokyo Drift. It's great, it's great because there's no way it's selling, and I think they know that. But so yeah, uh, Hobbs was like the the bad guy because he's the fire and brimstone sheriff sent to bring in the Fast and Furious crew, kind of like Paul Walker ends up understanding that they're not so bad after all, and maybe they're the less bad guys. Um, so I do think that yeah, if if you really want to be a stickler for canon, yeah, I think that. Hobbs was never in the crew when Han was in it, so Hobbs doesn't have a particular vendetta against Shaw in that way, aside from them kind of, you know, yeah. just having con- <laughs> personality conflicts. I, I did think it was really weird that uh, multiple government agencies are like, these are the two guys for the job, and they hate each other, <laughs> and that's not going to be a problem at all. Like, I know, I think I know it's, igno- it's stupid, I mean, but they they certainly establish through through some cameos and, and establishing new characters that there is a a fictional layer of government espionage where it's essentially a bunch of thirteen year old yeah, boys and idiots. girls blowing well, I mean, yeah, up. it's yeah. a bunch of a bunch of dummies don't not knowing <laughs> yeah. what they're doing, just but kind of works. bumbling yeah. through. Yeah. So I I think I think as much as the movie doesn't ask you to be self serious, it also hangs together well enough with its internal consistency. Unless you really want to dive in, and then yeah, there are holes. No, I, I think you do not dive into the internal <laughs> consistencies of this series. Um, <laughs> Whoa, hold on a minute. Wait, hold on. The in the in the, in the trailer, they are doing their stupid street racing. There's a banner in the back that says "Race Wars," which yeah, is a what? joke that I always made. That's no, that's the thing they go to. It's that's called what it's Race called? Wars. I'm pretty sure it cool. that was always called Race Wars. 
that rules. They go to that like is yeah. This they, in Dubai? They go to like yeah. some well, desert. No, Dhabi, it's, it's, uh, well, that's that's the other thing. It's when like all of the street racers get together in that desert There's, area right there. Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. It's always called that. Damn. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay. Um, I am a, the director of this movie, David Leitch, the guy that did Atomic Blonde, Deadpool Two, and. Some part of John Wick. Oh, is so he's um, got so that's where the, you think that's where the like the potential for that cameo happens because yeah. of Deadpool. Mm. Yeah. Uh. So, so super spoilers. Uh, there are great cameos in this movie, but uh, Ryan Reynolds is uh, the Rock's handler slash yeah. agency partner or something. And yeah, that had to have been because of this guy. That's my crazy. Guess. Which makes sense. I feel like it's weird. There's been a couple of swipes at trying to get Ryan Reynolds to be an action leader, at least an action support. And for some reason, it's never panned out. Not until hmm. now. Deadpool. Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool. Sure. Which he almost plays that character in this movie. But I'm thinking like, like Blade Trinity. Well, I mean, uh, he X-Men plays Origins. that character in his life. That's. I mean, maybe that's it. But <laughs> yeah. I just there is so much of that like a uh, kind of almost homoerotic dialogue of his love for the Rock that seems so much Deadpool to me. Yeah, I I honestly think because if you look way back to like Van Wilder and stuff, like that's just that dude. Yeah. He plays that character. That that like goofy. Very quick-witted man. That's, I mean, that's I love his, it. That's his whenever life. he does it. Um, one last mention before I forget: uh, Vanessa Kirby, the female lead, uh, Shaw's sister. I thought was wonderful. She was fantastic. Um, I had to look up what she was from, and I haven't seen anything except Fallout. She was like the White Queen or the Snow Queen or something in Fallout. She's like a, a gangster that gave them a bunch of guns at some point. I don't know. I, I barely remember that movie too. But anyway, I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she has a kind of an icy, cool, badass demeanor. Yeah, I mean, um, she works super well as a member of that family, yeah. right? Of the Shaw family. Sure. I mean, despite the clear age difference, you know, Statham's like in That's his fifties. Yeah. Like, there's no way they were siblings, but whatever. Um, but I thought she was great, and I just didn't want to not mention her. Yeah, no, that, uh, blazing through this movie. I totally mean, fitting that, like, next to two two large men who have have led their own films respectively she comes in and is manages to capture the camera yeah, with hold, them next to her and that's her own total undertaking and yeah she she sold the vibe super well she, she's got like powerful eyes mm-hmm. i think is what it is um, and yeah just, yeah she had, and yes. an action star like she did serious ass kicking so and she had that like comedic delivery that really fit into the tone of the movie true. like like that kind of just you know sarcastic sarcastic whatever you know, just super, super well casted for sure. And she looked like what's her name's daughter. Absolutely. Yeah, she looked exa- other spoiler for cameo. Ellen Mirren mm. was Shaw's mutton. They look a lot alike. Yeah. It, pretty it's sure Helen wild. Mirren was already established. She was, was she? in Fate, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't, it's getting I hard. To, I did not see Fate. Getting hard to remember. Okay. <laughs> how dare you, um, how dare you not see this entire franchise before <laughs> you see this movie? I don't know. Fate, Fate is going to be one of those, like, it's absurd, but maybe too absurd. And and as much as this movie is is fun and well, the not Rock so, was in jail with Statham. Yeah, in, in he that was, he was sent in to to get him out. Oh, sort of. that was okay. an undercover job. I I think, man, the, the bits of eight. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was he was framed by Vin. Oh, of course. That's right. They were stealing some doohickey at the beginning, and then Vin turns evil, and then the Rock is left caught. Like, oh, how did you bust this out? You must be evil now, Rock. And then. So he gets sent to jail. There's so much greatness in this. Well, so I w- something that's hard to capture is something being so stupid but so <laughs> fun. What's like, happening? Yeah, no, exactly. Fate, Fate like, has some great action sequences, but cut kind of uh, to what I was the point I was going to make. Like as, as much as Hobbs and Shaw is, is fun and it doesn't take itself too seriously, Fate takes itself really seriously, no, which that's is something not good. that it 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 really got on my nerves by the end of it. I mean, I I am a sucker for self serious, hyper complicated narratives. 
uh, like Metal Gear Solid, all this dumb stuff that's just ridiculously complicated and no one cares. But Fate to me was like, by the end of it, it was pretty exhausting because they're just, it didn't, it reminded me of Fast and Furious, the fourth one, how it just like was so self-serious, it was, it forgot to have fun sometimes mm. and Fate was a lot like that. Um, I want to talk about my favorite line from the movie. There's a there's a, several wonderful bad lines in this, but at some point, Idris Elba says the words genocide, schminocide. I've been thinking about that a lot. And it just made me burst out loud. I mean, it's just incredible, some of the stuff they have him say. And it, um, man, if you want to, if you want to, like, kind of reiterate that this is a 13-year-old's, like, wet dream, that is... This. 100%. The fact that the villain can say something like that and it's not, it doesn't destroy the movie, in fact, makes it better. <laughs> it's just awesome. It's been a long time since I've seen a movie that can get away with something like that. <laughs> the, the dialogue that's that bad? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's on purpose. You yeah. know, nobody writes that <laughs> thinking it's well, just like the coolest, unironically the coolest thing. Well, yeah, when you say exactly what you're thinking, at, at the end when they're trying to, to beat up Edris for the final time and they're like, if we work together and put aside our differences, we can actually beat them. So I, I know that's not a verbatim line, but that's it was really close to so I mean, good. there was so many times during the movie where like, oh, we have to, like, she's trying forever, trying to get them to work together. Like, it, that theme comes up so much, so often, and they end up, they always work together, but they're always doing it at their own, their own way. And at the end, for them to verbally <laughs> say the words, if we work together, we can make this happen, or like, you know, we can get this guy Oh my god, dude! <laughs> well, I cracked up it was, so hard. It was it was amazing, like bad amazing. Um, and then they like reinforce it in that really sweet fight scene where it they're you know someone will take a punch uh-huh. so the other one can get a punch in, and it's super slow motion with the you know rain. It's you know all of a sudden raining <laughs> uh, with rain dripping in the background. It's actually a really really cool fight scene that kind of hammers home that. We gotta work together to beat him. Yeah, it, I, I thought the, it was very clever. The uh, and the, beautiful. The concept that was at the end of Matrix Revolutions. I don't know if you remember, but like the slow mo punches of like Mr. Smith's Play-Doh face that looked awful. Yeah. Finally, it's back, and it actually <laughs> worked this time. So yeah, there there would be these incredible just like human human arrangements of people, and like one guy would get hit, and then somebody would hit him, and then it would like do this freeze frame pan of the, just the scene of water splashing off and people's jaws getting knocked and. It's just beautiful. That's one of those things that it could have taken like an extra second for each shot, just a little bit yeah. more to really to really savor it. But uh, uh, yeah, that's one of those like set pieces and concepts of like l- like uh, getting a snapshot of ridiculous like action complexity and then letting you kind of take that in as opposed to just blinking right past it. Yeah, which which a lot of the action did. It was, it was some of that super quick cutting, which while being fun, I don't think was quite as good as something like Atomic Blonde, th- where the, oh, the physical geez. fight scenes were just so intense yeah. and well, so brutal, and you saw all of the hits and the bumps that all the actors took while filming it. And for most of this movie, those hand-to-hand fights didn't have that for me, whereas like the car and vehicle action stuff was just incredible. Well, I feel like the, the, the difference between those movies is that's like... A, a well-made action movie based on a comic. This is a cartoon. Yeah, mm. you know, like they're this. This is a cartoon. They were just getting from one thing to the other. Sure. As how how much can they fly the camera around a, a, this a is fully the, CG uh, scene of all this other stuff happening? Like, I think I think there were some just like uh, beef eater shots of just like here's guys fighting and it's a whole <laughs> melee. So I kind of get that. I think there were some sequences specifically with Jason Statham because my God, he sells action so well. Yeah. In that, this scene specifically. Yeah, there are some longer shots in that. And then also when he's fighting dudes in his sister's apartment at the beginning. 
Um, and it uh, it reminds me of the like difference between Transporter Two and Transporter Three. The difference in, in cinematography there. Of they can have such great choreography, but shortchange it really hard because they just keep cutting the camera. And Statham is like he's got like a dancer's sentiment when it comes well, to. I fighting. mean, isn't isn't his background in dance? Like, isn't that where he, he came from? He was a b boy, right? Yeah. Well, he he no. Vin was a b boy oh, oh, for that me. one shot. Jason uh, Statham has just been an athlete. Like he was, he's done high dive and like a bunch of. stuff. Maybe he was done. a gymnast. I could I could buy that. Yeah, um, like because he's just you know he's got like the mobility and like and body body confidence to do all the stuff right. Like, yeah. To me, Transporter Two is just the ultimate of that. It it has his his like physical dynamics, but also the kind of long steady shots and Corey Yuen's choreography like perfect pairing also that's another movie that's very self-serious but also just dumb as hell I was thinking a lot about Transporter 2 watching Hobbs I, I love this, the Transporter movie this is another one of my favorite <laughs> moments from the movie when The Rock straight up grabs a guy off of a motorcycle <laughs> it's just so good well the it's best so part of that scene awesome. is right before because she's making fun of him for being a big meathead right because he's jammed in that yeah. little well, car well like also, you know the scene before is like you are there's nothing subtle about you you're a giant muscle man what are you gonna go like go curl some weights or something like that's how she makes fun of him and then she goes I think it's time to curl and then he shoves his hand out the window and picks up a dude you know like <laughs> jams against a pillar I also do love at one point in the movie they got to get from one place to another and it's like oh here's like a, a fucking jet to jump in yeah that was so they gave them like halo suits yeah which is a high altitude low oxygen thing but they jump out like two two thousand feet above the ground Dumb, like doesn't matter, but they I, they they got them in this like ridic- ridiculous like fall uh, yeah Mission Impossible Fallout sort of sort of get up, but no they just base jump and that's it. So uh, yeah, it was a little weird, but whatever. No. Maybe it's just for the optics of it. Everyone's so up on Fallout that they want to see men in like domed helmets with with like LED rope lights on the inside jumping out of things. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really fascinating okay. to kind of dissect some of that stuff why it's why it's done the way it is. I'm sure there's a million reasons that aren't visible to me. Um, yeah, so cool. God, it's so good. Just I, I want to watch it again, actually. Yeah, um, Idris's bike in this movie. Yeah, the is fucking so transformer fucking cool. bike. It's its own character, uh, sort of. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's a it's a machine, which is like a whole thing with Idris. But yeah, it, it tele it like morphs and transforms, and there's that amazing shot where he basically like slides on the back of is it through some semis. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in the trailer. trailer. I, it, I think it, yeah, it just happens right there. Or like the the one where he's falling down a building, it comes up. So he's falling down a building. Somehow the the motorcycle comes around the backside of him, spins around him, and he's, they spin, and he's on top of it. Yeah, it's, like, it's really fucking cool. I, I want a whole movie of Idris riding around on a bicycle. Honestly. I mean, it, if it were to, like <laughs> motorcycle, I I, uh, I kept calling it Kit. Like, yeah. he's got he's a transformer. That his motorcycle is Kit, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't true. speak. If it spoke, it would be so good. I bet it could talk. It seems smart enough that it could talk. Do you think that they had that in there and they had to cut it out because it was just like, okay, <laughs> this is too much? I, I don't think they cut anything from this movie for being too. I much. mean, the motorcycles shot, double jump. I think. Did you remember when they double jump? Yeah, they like go and somehow just like they have compressed yeah, air. They or had something. compressed air and they double jump off of <laughs> off of cars and stuff. But I, that's one of those things that I, I always love it when a ton of work is put into something that comes and goes fairly quickly. Yeah. So the way that the bike like splits in half and rotates and stuff, that's a lot of animation and sure. design work. And it's just in a couple of action scenes. Yeah. Uh, like so two. Cool. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say this. Sh- th- th- we're talking about the bike. This shot where it goes through the bus and the camera Look, wraps see the, the around wheels the bus. are like spinning around so it can land on its wheels. It's That's just so cool. 
And and those are the kinds of shots that I live for. Yeah. The ones that have great concepts, man going through a bus uh, with a cyber bike. Like the fact that they didn't they didn't cut around to triple take. They just showed a nice panning shot of it. They had the car like swing in front, so you didn't see them hit the ground. Like there's a couple of cheats to to not really sell everything or, or to cover up some CG, but it's so great. Um, I I'll I'll always ask for more of that. Uh, so that's why I'm a little disappointed. There were some sequences that I think could have used more camera work like that. Hmm. But I'm not a director. Maybe there were very good reasons why it wasn't in there. That is that what you're talking about. It's so yeah. cool. Like wh- there, he's falling. I, 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 I can't. He was sliding. He fell. Sli- he fell off the truck. Okay, okay. And he was like sliding, and then the yeah, the bike just like wrapped around him, and he was back on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the axles separate and rotate independently. So it. Oh Christ. It, he does look like a transformer. I wish my bike could do that. It would make it so easy to park. Are you kidding me? This was ridiculous, too. If it could too. just drive to you all the time, it would need That'd to park. Too. Yeah, I the, could go drinking whenever I want. The little armored dune buggy was fun. Summon the drones. <laughs> yeah, summon the drones. Or is it deploy the drones? It might have been deploy. But. I mean, yeah, and he does He does like a... It's just one of those things that makes me laugh out loud because it's so fucking dumb. Yeah, But, but perfect for this, this tone. He did a spinning roundhouse, like flying roundhouse with a truck and took out like 10 other cars. Um... The the some of the Samoa stuff I thought was real heavy on the cheese and the family and the brother Uso. They said Uso thirty times in this movie. I think. What does that actually translate to? Do you? I'm think? guessing it's brother. I I mean they were saying it to only men. I guess there wasn't a total a ton, ton of women. No, there was the one uh, the one mom brother or the, sister the ballistic depending slippers. on your gender. Yeah, I love the, I love the mom with her her slipper that can still beat up a. 300 pound muscle man. Hmm. Yeah, that, that was a, that a was good a archetype, bit. I think. Yeah. Did you guys ever see the, the bottle cap challenge of the Mexican uh, grandma throwing a slipper at a bottle of Tapatio <laughs> and like, knocking the, the top off? So good. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, there, there were a lot of times where they did this like side by side thing. And at, like to me, it felt like they were purposely calling out like Snatch. In, hmm. in like the styling of oh, it, especially yeah. in the beginning of the movie where they're doing yeah. like the side by side and there's, you know, things are zooming in in weird ways like that. I, I wonder if that's like a Statham thing or whatever, that, or like some kind of weird callback to that to that classic of a movie. Yeah, maybe so. I think it was, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I think it was well executed. Uh, not quite to the level of like, you know, Panache that Guy Ritchie can execute of like yeah. Man from Uncle and things like that. He's a lot of like simultaneous action kind of sequences. I, I think it it was appropriate in sort of reinforcing the 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 real like buddy cop vibe of the film of like big man little man, uh, bruiser slash stealth guy. I, I thought I thought the dynamic was reinforced appropriately and it never felt like it was trying too hard or didn't accomplish what those sequences were meant to accomplish. Um, I have to mention the that final not the final the second final chase scene um, when they're trying to take down a helicopter. And all of these hot rods just keep coming out of the the Samoan. It's Kauai, but it, the Samoan jungle, mm-hmm. one by one, and they <laughs> each have their own cool hooking mechanism that's different than the last hot rods' cool hooking mechanism. It's just, it, it became uh, Mad Max for a minute, yeah. uh, in a wonderful way, I think. Yeah, and that's the scene that everyone everyone gets to hit their NOS button, yeah. <laughs> in like order, like yeah. yeah I mean. Like those are there was a, those were like the few things that tied it to Fast, Fast and Furious as a franchise. Like this movie, I feel like could have just been some crazy action movie yeah. starring these two guys, but they went out of their way to make sure that they actually tied it back into what Fast and Furious is. Yeah, well, and I, I think that's probably one of the reasons you make a movie like you probably can't make an original action movie with a two hundred million dollar budget 
unless it's got some sort of IP with, behind it. With these people I don't tied think to it? so. Really? Yeah, it's got to have some IP or last, some sort of original thing. Last one. I mean, Hardcore Henry, but that, I mean, it wasn't like a, a 200 million kind of thing. I mean, Kingsman was a comic book series. Yeah, uh, there's always an IP behind something. I don't think you can make original films anymore, I didn't know Atomic Bond was based on a comic. Loosely, sense, I think. Mm. I love that movie, and I read that comic and did not like it. Really? Yeah. That's There's been some stuff out of, like, not America. Like, Wolf Warrior is a huge blockbuster in China, and that's just a thing. Um, uh, like the Yip Man series. Uh, oh, yeah. But that's, you know, loosely based on a historical character. So there, there's some stuff going on. The Raid. Um, I, did, I also liked uh, Rock had a Captain America moment. <laughs> did you notice it when he had to rein in the helicopter oh, yeah. and grab onto Does, the truck with his giant... That was not nearly as absurd as I thought it was going to be, which is maybe no. owing to, like, like the, uh, I think maybe there was a version of that scene that was a little more ridiculous that they were like, mm, let's tone it back just a touch. <laughs> I don't know if they toned anything down in this movie, dude. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like I'm saying, every time that you thought the movie was starting to plateau, they took whatever the dumb thing was and turned that knob up as much as they could. Chain, and they did that over hooks. and mm-hmm. over and over again. Oh, yeah, I, Roman Reigns has perfect aim. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's been doing it his entire life. Uh, I think I think when you guys yeah. talk about this sequence, just right on the axles, yeah. When you talk about this sequence of like the helicopter with a chain of four cars dangling over the cliff, like that is that is escalation on a storyboard yeah. of like one car hooked to a helicopter, it's lifting it off the road, and one car comes out, and then that gets lifted up. Another car comes out, that gets lifted up. A fourth car comes out, and, <laughs> no. he, and each introductory shot is the dude in the car going, "Yeah!" As he like comes up and hooks up to the the giant ant chain. Uh, why so do you good. Why do you think that the Rock had to change into normal clothes out of his like? Hawaiian he, did, he was like stretching his shirt on as he was getting on back of the like car. everyone else. Like Roman Reigns is still wearing his like his his skirt thing and you know shirtless and my guess is they shot one thing before the other and then realized oh we need to get him to costume change back (laughs) because it was weird that he was just putting his shirt back on there was a there was a so i remember like there was a deal with in captain america wasn't there some conversation about him trying to do that shirtless and they're like no you need to wear shirt like that's Hmm. stupid um so mate and i feel like it would have been such a good trailer shot to get the rock shirtless with his sweet tats like Fucking ultra flexing mm-hmm. to hold a helicopter in. Maybe the maybe the CG's harder when you're trying to do a shirtless man as opposed to a guy wearing be. a shirt. Yeah, like the colors are harder to hit. I something. also think that then flows into the final action sequence, which is the rock in the rain, and I think wet skin would be very hard to Probably. CG. Uh, maybe there's shades there. I don't know. I'm just I'm spitballing ideas. So, um, as my resident Fast and the Furious experts, when did the series become self-aware? Like, when did it? When did it stop? being just stupid and knew it was stupid. I mean, theoretically it always did. It, it's mm. it's such a fine line. I think I think it's when I think it's more when it tells you the audience that it's stupid. Uh and and that gets telegraphed in a number of ways that are are either subtle or not. Um I think there are sequences like in Fast 5 when when they're when they're fucking flailing a safe around two cars. Yeah. That that by itself is so absurd that now it's like, okay, this is a dumb, fun summer movie. Okay. Um, before that? What was the fourth one called? Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious? That one was self-serious. Like, yeah. that was trying to get the, the canon back on track because they finally had Vin and, like, the cast back together. So, but there's, there's, like, a sequence at the end where they're racing through drug tunnels at the Mexican border, except it's all garbage CG. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, serious. it's just a wild thing. This is the 10th best performing franchise of all time. Which is, <laughs> what, is what, it, what is the 
it's just a mystery to me how this stuff is so successful. Uh, it's it, what is me. what is the magic? Uh, it's it's bombast. It's fun, which you know, and I think so is it, it like it, America? Fuck yeah, kind of like explode. Uh, I think th- I think there's a level of spectacle uh, that other films haven't quite hit, um, and it, I think it takes a and a, a large amount of just creativity to to even get it on a storyboard, and then an incredible amount of technical skill to execute it properly in film. And then I think on top of that, the Fast and the Furious franchise locked into that like extent. <laughs> Locked into like the extended canon idea. Uh, yeah. While Marvel was building their thing, Fast and Furious was right there too, yeah. um, making movies that paid off previous viewing. So as you watch more and more, you get more and more invested. But now I think they're experimenting with kind of dialing that back mm-hmm. because you don't necessarily need the the encyclopedic knowledge of Fast and Furious to appreciate this movie. Which I think is, is a happy relief, honestly. Absolutely. So if this is a new series, are you going to go to Hobbs and Shaw and Shaw? Absolutely. Two? 100%. Without question. Uh, unless the trailer looks concerning. No. I mean, I don't know, Omar, sorry, I've been talking the whole time. No, 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 okay. like, I, I, all of these movies, all of the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies, it, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, I won't watch the trailer anymore because whatever, the, I want to see the movie. Honestly, I wish day. I hadn't seen the trailer in this because I, th- I think it did ruin a few moments. Um, where does this rank in your Fast and the Furious pantheon? Uh, mm. Oh, boy, that's tough. Uh, I still, so for me, I like, I love the first one a lot. Um I like three a lot, maybe ironically, but also kind of seriously. And then Fast Five is probably the last one in the main series I thought that had a really good vibe and a good amount of fun. This is in there. So like uh, I would say there's four that have a really good vibe and are very fun and have great spectacle and set pieces and all that. And this is of those. So this is middle to top half. There's not, nothing will ever replace Tokyo Drift, just well, in terms of sheer cheese. Yeah, so I, I, my list is almost exactly the same as Lawrence's. Oh, really? Like, uh, Tokyo Drift is my favorite of the of the franchise. Really? Yeah. Uh, the, number one is my second favorite because it still hadn't like it's before it figured it so itself out, and this it was like so dumb. The dialogue is so dumb, well, and it's so serious. They're so serious about it. <laughs> it is so dumb. And then I think this one might be third, yeah. honestly, for me. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I enjoyed it much more than Fast Five. So, yeah, I think I agree with those rankings myself, too. So uh, one last question. Who was the Etienne voice? So the, I feel the like The AI was... cyberized, is it? Someone we saw in the movie is I, it? Are a we just gonna? Are we gonna? I'm gonna like. Can I just? Yeah, we're at the, we're at the end of our podcast. We've spoiled I, plenty of this movie. I'm pretty sure it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I would agree. That I'm let, pretty sure it's Ryan Reynolds. Because someone was it the AI talked to the Rock, I think, and said, "You don't remember me." Yeah, but when you do, it's gonna be a doozy or something like yeah. that. Which is bi- like bizarrely a very playful line for a, a, a genocidal AI to deliver, <laughs> which true. kind of bends it towards Ryan Reynolds maybe. I think. Is there a chance it's not a person at all? It could just be an AI, but then it would be a weird thing to be like, don't you remember me, The Rock? Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> like so, keep putting the full article. <laughs> um, it could be, what was Michelle Rodriguez's character? Liddy. She's dead. I'm trying to think no, of dead characters. Back. No, she's back. That's oh, she's back. back. She just has amnesia. Because, like, it's, you know, this, the techno cult or whatever, they could have, like, taken someone's brain or whatever and put it in a machine. There are notes of, like, yeah, like re-education. Yeah. Uh, of, so, yeah, uh, Idris Elba's character got shot and then was, like, rebuilt by a machine. So he's got a machine brain. But they also talk about converting the Rock and Jason Statham at some point. So it's, like... Uh, yeah, apparently you can grab someone and sort of doc- indoctrinate them with machine thought. So there is sort of like, again, that supernatural or science fiction element. I, there's not a whole lot of characters that Hobbes is actually connected with through the movies. 
Uh, I just I hope it's Han. Like they dug up his yeah. they dug up his fried brain out of the car and for some reason put <laughs> it in a jar and now that's the thing for some dumb reason. But whatever. Yeah, because well, yeah, like when in Fast and Furious there or in Tokyo Drift at the end you're like oh maybe he didn't die like because you they don't show him they don't do like he could have flown out of the car like what mm-hmm. things could have happened and then in that flashback. He doesn't he like go up and shoot him at the end or something? I don't think I mean it's it's like that cinematic thing of they're never going to show somebody's head exploding. Uh and in the same way Idris Elba falls into water. I really hope he comes back. I I, I it, <laughs> Idris Elba is not the I, I feel like he's he's in that weird middle ground for character or for actors where he's <laughs> too big to be a repeat like third player in a movie like he was this. Heimdall, how dare you? <laughs> Yeah, but Sorry, those, yeah, but <laughs> he's not big off. enough to like yeah. to be like oh a, a reoccurring villain or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think kind of owing to the smarm of the series, I think they just left in a lot of open hooks True. that they don't they don't even know. They're just like let's just leave in a little writing hook that we can pick up later if we want, or we can just ignore it and that's fine too. That's probably most likely it. They could cast anyone as that character, but the having Ryan Reynolds in the movie at all, which he, you know he was probably only filming for a day. Maybe two at the most. Um, I just think having him there maybe a red herring even. Yeah, but maybe totally. it's too obvious. But anyway, I think we need to wrap this up. Sure. Um, I think we we kind of gushed about how fun the action was in this movie. Um, even if you don't like stupid movies, I think this movie would be a lot of fun. It's perfect summer. It's too hot outside. I'm going to go and <laughs> get a cold drink and some popcorn and just have mindless fun. For and listen to rap rock at the credits and yeah, yeah sit through so the much. credits. There's oh, yeah. some stuff in the credits. There are three credit Was sequences. It? Well, there's one like right after. There's another one after the first chunk, and then there's one way. One at the, the very end. end. So um, you yeah, guys, same warning. thing. Go see this movie. Yeah, dude. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think even if you consider yourself to be kind of above dumbass movies, this is a good test. If you watch this and you still don't like it, then yeah, maybe there's just there's nothing in it for you, and you can just safely ignore all dumb movies from here yeah. to the end of your life. But <laughs> uh, if it's hard for me to imagine the person that wouldn't get something out of this film. Yeah. Go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the third time, I guess. I got my tickets on Friday. <laughs> Ready? Um, anyway, uh, thanks for coming around to see what we had to say about Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, in the comments, let us know what your favorite Fast and the Furious movie is or what you thought the best action sequence in this movie was because there's so much greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we covered all the best lines, except for the one still where, some good where, where they told there. Idris that he only believes and trusts in machines and technology and they ha- put their faith in human beings. Yeah, we have heart. Where do you stand on that line, Lawrence? I'm, a guy, I'm in the middle a little bit. Yeah. There was... Um, I mean, there, it was a real throwaway line, but there was a thing where, like, it was just like, yeah, we did the projections. Humanity is going to be extinct in 2090. And that was kind of the motivation for the character. And I was like, eh, you know, you know, kind of going that way. <laughs> we need to do something. But, eh, um, yeah, still, genocide, schmenocide. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye, everybody.